What's your impre- what were your impressions of day two? Let's start with the tight ends. We finished up the deck. Hey, look at this tight end group. I don't think it's the deepest group that we've seen, but a couple guys that jumped out today. Penn State's Mike Kosecki with the testing. When you watch him run and jump, he was clearly the best in show. And then as we transition to the field workout, I thought Hayden Hurst from South Carolina was head and shoulders above everybody here, route running, tracking the ball, attacking the ball, finishing. He had a, had a big day. Yeah, South Dakota State's Dallas Goddard did get to work out on the field, but make sure you keep him in mind he's a heck of a player how about the quarterbacks yeah the quarterbacks i thought we had kind of that big five sam Donald did not throw so you've got the other four josh allen was outstanding showed off that big arm today baker mayfield i thought was the second most impressive player here anticipation accuracy solid day for josh rosen and i thought lamar jackson a little bit up and down but he shows he's got the potential to do everything you need to do to be special at that position yeah he was under the most scrutiny by by far but what do you think about tomorrow as we take Hey, how you doing? This is Rick Sincere with Trackstar Sports. I have had a chance to kind of sit here and take in a little bit of day two of the Combine. I think the Combine, when you're watching it, can be somewhat um, hard, hard to keep keep your focus, try to keep your attention. Um, if there aren't big names that you're paying attention to, but this day wasn't extremely tough because there were some huge names on display. Baker Mayfield was on display today. Baker Mayfield is your current Heisman Trophy winner. Lamar Jackson, who was last year's Heisman Trophy winner, he was on display today. You also had the big four, all the quarterbacks, right? So you have Josh Rosen. Um, Josh Rosen was there. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. You have the whole gambit, right, um, of the individuals who are are throwing today, and and everybody. Everybody, from my perspective, looked pretty good. Deep balls were beautiful. Deep balls were actually incredibly beautiful. There were a few. There was actually one big dud from Lamar Jackson who threw a dud that kind of brought the. Mm, I want to say the the um, just kind of the negativity. It kind of envelops it or kind of gives a snapshot of all of the negativity that comes towards a um, Lamar Jackson and I knew he couldn't have a bad throw he couldn't have one that kind of went south on him right he wouldn't get the oh it went south on him type of excuse that you know something may have that another quarterback may have gotten he didn't get any of that and he won't get that and so throughout this process they are really trying to figure out is this guy wide receiver or is he a quarterback and Honestly, I understand that at the wire, and you should understand this too, at the wire receiver position, there is a lot, there is a ton of skills that come along with being a great wire receiver. It doesn't just come naturally to everybody, you just can't do it. If there was an athlete in this class who could do it though, it's Lamar Jackson. I think he on purpose didn't run a 40 because he didn't want his speed to be the conversation. He didn't want his speed to be the thing that blows up the internet. He didn't want his speed to be the thing they talked about. He wants his arm to be the focus and his ability to drive a team from the pocket. He wants that to be the um he wants that to be the end all be all. That's what you'll talk about. Don't lust over my speed basically. That's what he was saying. It's the equivalent to a well blessed individual putting away <clears throat> you know, all, all their blessings. And <laughs> and if you catch my meaning you understand what I'm saying. So in this case, he he doesn't want that to be the thing that you look at, stare at, lust over it. What he wants is for you to pay attention to him as a quarterback. And so that's what, what he's doing. I think that's the reason that that's at least one of the reasons why I believe he's not running his 40. There may be another reason, but I believe that's it. Either way, he was on display today. You heard about some of the tight ends that were on display today. And, and as 
Daniel Jeremiah said, this is not a ridiculously awesome tight end class. However, I think the the I think this particular tight end class will be great, and I think there'll be at least two tight ends that at least two, maybe even three tight ends that um, go in that first round. I think last year's tight end class was a bit exceptional. If you look at you have Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram last year who could block, but he was absolutely a wide receiver at the tight end position. And that was a big thing. And you also had the tight end who went to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was there as well. And you, there were two great tight ends who were coming out last year. And I believe this year you're going to have somewhat uh, a little bit of a taste of that. But the biggest thing that, that I think you'll get are solid tight ends from this draft class. I think you'll get a lot of solid tight ends. And this does it, this last year felt more like a Vernon Davis type draft situation. This one feels more like a Jason Witten type of situation. And so there's a bunch of Jason Wittens in this class. And, you know, oh, my bad. I even forgot about the um, tight end who went to the Browns last year. Golly, my bad. And Joku, who was another absolutely um, great athlete at the tight end position. So you had a plethora of great wire, um, great tight ends, I mean, last uh, last draft. But this draft is more so your, your Jason Wittinger, good, reliable tight ends who will be there for, for a stretch of time. So what I'm looking for... What I'm looking forward to next. So yesterday was the running backs, and that was all about Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis. You you got you got their numbers. Um, today was more so about the wide receivers. You got a chance. The actually he didn't even talk about the wide receivers at the very end, and, and I will get you some of that. You will get a little bit of the analysis of the wide receiver position because I believe some of the wide receivers who were running didn't really show that burst that you're looking for. There was one wide receiver who really cemented his name as a wide receiver, as the wide receiver who's the fastest one in this particular draft, and I think it's DJ Shark. And you will hear a ton of bad shark jokes from here until the absolute until here from here until the draft you'll hear a bunch of bad shark jokes. Right? You'll hear Shark Week or you'll hear a bunch of bad ones. I heard a bunch today. And um, I'm already tired of them. So either way, DJ Shark is the person who actually did well. And I watched DJ Shark when he was playing for LSU. Great wide receiver. He just always was challenged by not having a quarterback who can get him the ball consistently. And so now, if you look at an athlete like that, pay attention. OJ, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I said OJ. I mean Odell. Odell basically took over the NFL when he got there, but he didn't take over when he was in college. Why is that? Because at the time, he didn't have a, a guy who could consistently feature him. He didn't have that guy. When he gets to the Giants, all of a sudden, Eli recognized the talent. He's feeding him the ball consistently when he was there. Now, they had a pretty decent quarterback at the time, so don't get me wrong. Unless you had a pretty decent quarterback, Zach, Zach Mettenberger was the quarterback at the time, and he had a pretty good arm. He actually was an NFL prospect, and so he, he was a pretty decent um, quarterback. However, they didn't feature Odell Beckham Jr. a ton. They did not, and what you're looking at is he's another guy who had a catas- like catapulting, basically, when he got to the NFL, and so people knew he would be great in the NFL. At the same time, you didn't know how great because you didn't get to see everything kind of play out when he was in college. DJ Shark, I think, will be a wide receiver. If he comes in the NFL, he'll be one that comes out of nowhere. 
He'll be one of those guys that comes out of nowhere. So you're like, oh, who was this? I never paid attention. If you're not LSU fan, you don't even know the name. But you're going to figure out the name and you're going to find out the name. I think this guy is one of those guys that you find at the combine. and somebody who you pay attention to from this point on until the draft. And then if your team drafts him, you're, you have a little bit more of a bit of excitement about the potential of this individual because of the good 40 time. Don't get me wrong. There are some great wide receivers who don't run great 40 times. Antonio Brown, who I think is one of the best in the league, was one of them. At the same time, this does give some guys who didn't have that name going into the draft a shot. And I think I think you're going to pay attention to DJ Shark. And people at LSU already knew. You can kind of see some of the, the tweets that are coming from his former LSU teammates, one of them being Tredavis Tr- White, um, who basically said, hey, they're getting a chance to witness what we already know. And that's absolutely true. I've been hearing about DJ Shark for like the last three years and his potential and his speed and that kind of stuff. And you hear about it, absolutely. However, now everybody's going to get to know who this guy is. At the Senior Bowl, he actually showed up a little bit there, but now they're going to really get a chance to see who he is. They'll be paying attention to him at his pro day and look for him. Look for this. I don't I don't see it as far-fetched for him to find a way to jump from the second round, third round, maybe fourth round conversation into the bottom of the first round. Like, I, I don't think that's going to be an unrealistic jump for him. So either way, there are going to be more things that that come out about the wide receivers, and you're going to hear a little bit more about that. Some wide receivers who did well today, Cortland Sutton, I, I think he could have done better in the 40, absolutely. He was not extremely sudden, you know what I mean? But at the same time, he... Did pretty okay for a receiver of his height and his size, and I think he'll be okay. James Washington looked a little bit weird to me. He didn't seem like somebody who was explosive at all, but he may be one of those guys who who shows up better on the field than the clock. There were a ton of guys who just didn't look great clockwise. Last year, I believe, were some really slow receivers, and I think this year you'll see somewhat of the same. They're not extremely slow, but they're not burners by any stretch of the imagination. All right, yo, so that's my day two wrap-up. Love you, love you a ton, and you'll hear more, a little bit more from this whole situation as we go along. God bless. Receivers and tight ends on the field in Indy, but it was the bench press that provided the coolest moment of the day. And if this doesn't inspire you, you're not human. UCF linebacker Shaquem Griffin putting up 20 reps of 225 pounds on the bench with a prosthetic arm. Kim Jones caught up with Griffin shortly after and asked about the feeling in the room and the accomplishment. Just starting that off, I can cut the energy from everybody. I mean, my adrenaline was going through the roof, man. I ain't feel like I, I ain't feel like I need to stop. So 20 was soon. I, soon I felt I heard 16. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going for 20. And I move out to change my whole face. This person like, I'm going. I got grind this out. It felt amazing to reach that goal. Dude, that was such a neat moment. We're gonna have a lot more with Shaquem coming up a little bit later. In so let's start with his number two quarterback, Josh Allen. What did you see? Okay, I tell you what, of all the quarterbacks that performed today, I felt like Josh Allen was the most impressive. Now, let me just say, it is the combine, you're throwing versus air, a lot of people want to see the pretty balls, I think he threw a deep ball that carried about 65, 70 yards in the air, and everybody's oohing and on. but it's more about placement, it's more about the little things that I look at, is the the footwork that that we're going to see, and I thought Josh Allen looked good, he looked comfortable, he didn't look nervous, I mean, obviously the ball came flying out of there as we expected with his big arm, but I I thought he had the best day of all the quarterbacks.
I, I mean, I, I watched him as well, and it's tricky because I seen him in the senior bowl as well. Like coming to the combine, I mean, you're a big guy, six four, six five, big arm. You're gonna, you're gonna look good, right? But when I watched him in the senior bowl, the moment just looked too big for him. And you're about to enter into the National Football League. These guys are coming. It's a big stage every week. And I don't know if he's ready for that. This guy has a rocket he of an arm. They have questioned his accuracy. I don't know how much you can actually tell at the combine. Another guy who they say is the most polished quarterback in this draft is Josh Rosen out of UCLA. Well, and Josh, I didn't think was overly impressive today. I mean, the first ball, I think he threw on a slant. He threw it into the ground. You know, he looked nervous. Um, he looked like he was aiming the ball a little bit. The bottom line is you know he can throw the football. And I did talk to a couple people that actually met with him, and they were really impressed that how smart he was, you know, because there's some rumors out there about, you know, who he is as a guy and whether he's committed to this. And they loved the interview that they had with Josh Rosen. So he's probably the purest passer. It didn't show up to me on the field today, but that's the least of my concerns with him. It's, it's about being accurate. Uh, with the football, and then as a football guy, how do you fit in with the organization? And as I said, I talked to a couple coaches that uh, really liked their time with him. Yeah, and with Josh Rosen, I think it's tricky because you're coming into the combine, you're throwing against guys you've never seen, you just met. And when I watched him, he's getting the ball out of his hands fast. And as an NFL wide receiver, if you got a quarterback <laughs> that is going to get the ball out of his hands fast and into your hands on good timing, you're going to be successful. So he missed a lot of throws, but you can tell the ball was out of his hands on his break. I mean, obviously the chemistry's not going to be there with the combine wide receivers, but I liked how quick he was was getting the ball out of his hands and you know if you could do that you're going to be successful in the national football league polarizing is a word that we have used to describe baker mayfield <laughs> Who are we talking about? Okay, yeah, exactly. what what is uh what is a word you would use to describe his workout today well i would say knowledgeable and when i look at the combine and we talked a little bit about it yesterday i like to look at quarterbacks that understand how to make the different throws. You know, the ability to, to put some touch on the ball, to, to put it in the right place, to understand timing. And I thought he did all of those things really, really well. The one thing about him is I wasn't extremely excited about his footwork. Uh, for a smaller guy, you want good, clean, quick footwork. I didn't see that. I thought it was a little slower than I wanted it to be, but I thought he had a solid performance, didn't disappoint, and made all of the throws and did it the right way, which always impresses me. One thing I like about him is He's a winner, and that's hard to show up on, at the combine. But I like him because I feel like he's going to come into a room. He's going to demand a huddle. He's going to let these guys know, even as a rookie, this is what we're doing. This is how it's supposed to be. And I think he has that leadership mentality that you cannot teach to some of these young quarterbacks. And that's what I like about, about Mayfield. I, every time somebody calls somebody a winner, I always think Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow yeah. was a winner. It <laughs> didn't necessarily so translate true. onto the NFL so level. Um, Lamar Jackson. He didn't, he didn't run the 40 because he said he wanted to focus on throwing the football. After all the wide receiver talk, he just decided not to run it. So he did throw, but that's all he did. What'd you think? Well, I tell you what, is that I think it probably made us uh, a little more focused on his Maybe throwing. Because, yeah, because we didn't look at it. And I didn't think he was overly impressive. You know, one thing I've seen on film with him is that he's got a real narrow base. So all of his throws come with the upper body. And he's got all the arm strength you need, but it affects the accuracy. And you saw that today. It was one good ball, one not so good ball. One good ball, one not so good ball. So it wasn't a glowing performance by any means, especially, I think, because you came out and said, I am a quarterback. What I do is throw the football. Didn't knock us out with this uh, with this workout, but uh, but again, he, he's going to have more opportunities to do that.
Well, let's not get it wrong. If you draft this kid right here, you are getting a dynamic playmaker. And it's not going to be sitting in the pocket throwing the football. So as an organization, if you're drafting him, you're not drafting him saying he's going to drop back, get under center, and throw it on a five-step drop on a rope. I mean, this kid right here is a playmaker. Can he make all the throws? Yes. But is he going to sit in the pocket and throw those throw those balls like that? No, he's a playmaker. He's going to use his legs a lot. So I did not think he was going to come out here and impress and make people think like, oh, yeah, he's one of those guys that we can draft high. and. You didn't expect him to light it up. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a playmaker, and, you know, he's going to use his legs a lot, and he can't make a lot of those throws. I yeah. didn't understand why he didn't run the 40. Uh, Kurt doesn't think any quarterback should really run the 40 because it doesn't <laughs> matter. However, with a guy like Lamar Jackson, that could increase right. his stock with NFL teams. Anything you can do that, that, that impresses people it is a plus in a combine. Now, I understand why he was doing it, but I agree with you. I was like, yeah, that's, that's I mean, he should have just run it and just impress people. People going, wow, yeah. how did this work out? It's as all about competition else. as well, yeah. too. You get to these combine, they want to see you compete against the best. That's why you come and the run to not run the 40. And it's not like one of those other quarterbacks just blew it out the water. I mean, you could have had the best time. Ever. Well, he'll have a chance. Is Lamar Jackson a first round draft pick? That's the question that is haunting people over and over again. And to me, it is a no brainer. It is a no-brainer. It's an outright no-brainer. However, to most, because of the allure of his speed, they can't get past the fact that this guy should be a wide receiver or some other position that will allow him to use his speed. Actually, wide receiver is the only position that you know I believe that people believe that he can translate to because he's not a running back, right? He's not built for that. He's a thinly built individual, but he is tall. So he's the 6'2 type of, of guy, 6'2", and I think 7'8", maybe somewhere in that range. He is a good size for the quarterback. He's a good size for the quarterback position, but he's also a, he can also really wing that thing. He can sling it. I'm talking about go. Now, the thing is, is that there's been so many individuals that can sling it like him, that have pretty decent accuracy, that just didn't pan out. And I believe that the the fact, and I have to go to this, and people were like, oh, you're going to blame this on him. But I have to go back to Robert Griffin III. If Robert Griffin III pans out and he becomes like the next big thing, then I'm telling you this. Well, remember after his rookie year, he did win rookie of the year, and he won rookie of the year because he came in smoking. He was hot. And then he just kept getting injured, injury after injury after injury because of this is um, slim build, right? Now, this slimly built individual is coming into the NFL. He's an absolute burner. Like, don't get it twisted. Lamar Jackson is a burner, and we all know that, right? And so he's an absolute burner. He's an athlete to which we haven't seen since Vic. We haven't seen this guy since we've seen Michael Vic. But because the because a few different things didn't work out, because RG3 didn't work out. Remember the Vince Young situation didn't work out. And Michael Vick's thing, it, it did actually work out. But at the very end of the day, it didn't pan out to where he's Peyton Manning. And I don't even know if Vic goes into the Hall of Fame. That's another conversation. That's a whole different conversation that we should have. But at the same time, and most people say, no way, he he doesn't go in. I don't know. Those 2010 numbers do matter. And, and the number that he had before he went to jail, I think they do kind of press upon a point, but whatever. So you look at the fact that there's been so many quarterbacks that did not work out. People wondering, does this kid stand a chance? 
But what they won't even evaluate or talk about just yet is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson came in last year. Now, his coach said he was the next thing, next best thing since Michael Jordan. And he may very well be at the end of his career. I doubted it. As soon as he said it, I was like, yo, get out of here with that foolishness because that's, that's nonsense. But is it, though? Because when he came into the NFL playing for the Houston Texans, he actually did extremely well. And, I mean, he did really well. He was another guy who they questioned his accuracy. Should he even be a quarterback? Is he going to even be, you know, um, is he going to pan out for real? He's a boomer buzz prospect. At the end of the day, he comes in, he lights it up. Now, the question is, will this guy, Lamar Jackson, be selected in a position where he can go into the right system to where he can actually be a guy who can do well? He has to go into the right system and of him do well. He has to be in a situation where the quarterback believes, well, not the quarterback, but the coach believes in him, whoever the offense coordinator is, can can they believe in him and will they build something around him? Now, we've seen quarterbacks like him in the past that weren't his skin color. I'm going to just be honest with you. Now, you look at a guy who actually did come from being a wide receiver to a quarterback, right? And Ryan Tannehill, and you look at him and now, granted, people did see the potential for him to play wide receiver there. I mean, you know, it should be there. But to outright say that the guy can't play quarterback is nonsense when he won a Heisman Trophy at the quarterback position. I don't want to get you know, extremely there. And I don't even want to pull it. I don't want to pull it. You know, it's there for me to pull, but I won't pull it. I'm not going to pull it. But at the same time, man, come on. Really? Nonsense. Nonsense. Now, Ryan Tannehill hasn't really panned out with the, with the Miami Dolphins because he's consistently injured all the time, right? Will Lamar Jackson pan out? Is he somebody that they're going to select? And I, and I kept I keep thinking it's Jacksonville, 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 Jacksonville. But since they gave Blake Bortles a three-year, I mean, I think it was a five-year contract. No, it's a three-year contract. But with so much money, why, Jacksonville, would you give that to him? Anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm blown away by that nonsense. I wouldn't have did it. I wouldn't have never did it. But at the same time, is Lamar Jackson a first-round draft pick? You can look at the numbers. He really took care of the ball when he was playing. People say he can't read defenses, but he really took care of the ball when he was playing at um, Louisville. He really took he really took care of the ball for two straight years. His numbers his his numbers his next year after he wins the Heisman Trophy were better than his numbers during the year he won the Heisman Trophy. He took over the entire nation. Now was he surrounded by talent? No. He was not. And so in those big games, he didn't super overwhelm you. He just didn't have a great team around him. And that's the biggest difference between him and a Vic. Because Vic actually won at a lot of different stages. And he was on a big stage. And he actually went to a championship game. Lamar Lamar Jackson did not have the same winning he did not have the same winning record at the end of the day um, as, a, as a Michael Vick. But is he an athlete, the likes of which we haven't seen since a Michael Vick? Absolutely. And you know who else is going to agree with that? Michael Vick. Michael Vick will ag- agree with what I'm saying right now. So you can say it how you feel. You can say what you want. I think that this is outright, outright. We don't believe in this guy as a quarterback because he flashes athletic ability. And you know the word athlete. When they start throwing that athletic and athletic this around, you know what it means. I'm not going to go there. But because of his athletic ability, right, we believe he would do better at this this, uh, other position. He's not a quarterback. I not only believe that he's a good quarterback, but I also believe. I'm not going to even say it. I don't want to say it because I want to leave that up to the people. I I don't want to sway you in any way, shape, or form. But I already have. It's kind of a loaded question now. But the question remains. 
is he a first round draft pick or is he not? And we're going to see. Come late April, we're going to find out if he is or not. But his combine was okay, as you heard. It was okay. His pro day, let's see if he can impress there. God bless. Yo, this is Rickson Sid with Trackstar Sports. And I want to talk about a running back who everybody's going to be talking about based on what happened at yesterday's combine. His name is Saquon Barkley, and they are calling him Superquan. And the reason they're calling him Superquan is because apparently he can run faster than a speeding bullet. Well, not quite. Speeding bullets probably go a lot faster than 4-4, but whatever, right? So, um, but he's run faster than Devin Hester. Imagine that, right? Um, I think he's at like maybe 220-something, 230, right? Um, he can jump higher. He can jump higher than most individuals on the field, straight up. Um, and he's also he, he's also stronger than Joe Thomas. And you'll hear all this stuff in his NFL Network in- interview. But they're calling him Superquan. Apparently, he's the best running back prospect to come out in years. Now, I heard the same thing about Ty Gurley. I heard the same thing about um, people like that. And he actually... You know, he compares favorably to those great running backs. And you're going to hear a lot about the people who he compares to in just a second. But I have to let you know that I am really intrigued by this whole Saquon Barkley situation. Is he really that guy who's going to come in and light it up? Now, here's the thing. He has the possibility of being a Brown. If he's a Brown, then I don't know what happens. But if he is not a Brown, um, and if he goes to another place, like let's say he goes to Indy, and let's say Andrew Luck comes back, then maybe Saquon Barkley is something that we're actually going to see and hear more about in the future. Even if he goes to the Browns, I'm pretty sure they're going to you know, give him all the love in the world and then all the carries in the world. And so then we'll really get a chance to see what type of individual this is. But at Penn State, he was that guy. He was absolutely that guy. And now they are, are touting him as one of the best prospects so hands down to come out i want you to kind of get a, a chance to hear from him and i also want you to hear how the scouts are talking about him saquon barkley some of these numbers, but I want to throw them up there, some comparisons 
uh, for you at the combine. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, on the bench press, you did more than 10-time Pro Bowl tackle Joe Thomas for the Browns. Then your 10-yard split, faster than Deshaun Jackson. Your 40-yard dash time, better than what I think is going to be a future Hall of Famer as a special teamer in Devin Hester. And you jumped higher than Julio Jones. That's pretty stupid. Have you processed this all yet? Uh, no. Um, I mean, when you look at it that way, uh, those guys <laughs> up there, that's that's awesome. Um, they didn't be mentioned in the same category as those guys because they all uh, are respectable players in the NFL and had great careers. But, you know, uh, 29, 145, 44, uh, 41. I think, uh, that, I think I made Tom Shaw happy. happy. Um, I went out there to train with him to try to prepare myself for the best that I can for this, uh, this experience. And, you know, you dream about this as a little kid and you want to go out and dominate. And uh, my mindset was trying to be at least top three in all the events that I did at the combine. And I came pretty, pretty close to that. And you think you could do even better in some of these numbers, which is just ridiculous. And it wouldn't surprise me uh, if you did. But is there is there one aspect of the combine that you look at and you say, man, I worked so hard for that that maybe you're most proud of? Uh, the one I'm most proud of, I would say, would be the, the bench press. Um, the bench press, definitely, because uh, early on in the training process for the bench, um, I wasn't really focusing on that. Took a little, took a little bit off. Um, usually, I was at 30 or 35, but um, this shows that the, the the therapy and all the, the the hard work I put in to try to get back to where I was before, um, to be able to get 29 after taking that little short period of time off. Uh, was very special, and that's a, this, I give applause to uh, my team that I worked with, to Tom Shaw, to uh, the PT guys, and to uh, all those guys over there uh, helping me get back to where I wanted. I wanted 30. Um, I really wanted 30, anywhere to 30 or 35, but, you know, 29, can't complain. I was able to tie uh, Chubbs, Nick Chubb, yeah. um, a little upset that he tied with me. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, I wanted to beat him, but we joked around with that. It's all fun and love, and we're competing. You know, at the end of the day, we're all competitors, and that whole kind of our experience was a great time. Got to catch up with uh, I, I, what I think is the best running back class in, in a long time. So, you know, definitely respect those guys' game and got to go out there and get to know them a little better. It, it is a pretty special running back class. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, some people have said there could be as many as 10 running backs go in the top three rounds this year. And this is just a couple of years after we've talked a lot about the the running class, the running backs uh, in the NFL not being as important as they used to be. Looking out on that field, was there somebody that, that jumped out to you? Somebody other than Saquon Barkley who you came away from the combine saying, hmm, maybe they're better than I thought they were? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, all those guys did an unbelievable job. Um, I respect all those guys' games from guys to Toronto Jones to Sony Michelle, but um, this guy didn't really surprise me. But um, and I don't, I don't think he surprised anyone at Georgia. Uh, Nick Chubb. Um, a lot of people probably didn't even think he would run a four-five-two. And you got to think. Uh, I think he weighed in at 228 pounds, and uh, the injuries he had to go through at uh, college to come back and uh, running a four-five-two is very impressive. Um, I think he's one of one of the better players in the draft. Um, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm like I said. I was, I'm a true fan of the game. I'm a true fan of the position, and I'm a fan of his his, his game, or what he puts on film, or what he's able to do at Georgia, splitting carries. Or he's an unbelievable back. I love that we spent 45 seconds on this interview talking about somebody he's competing with to get drafted. That's I think what makes you so special, and that's what people have talked about when they get to know you is is the person you are, not just the football player you are. And one of one of the things you focus on in school a lot is journalism. That was your major, right? So I'm sure that you are studying these teams 
as much as they're studying you, do you look at the different teams and say, well, this could be a good fit? Uh, yeah, you have to. It's kind of part of your nature, especially part of the, uh, the media technology now. And you, I'm very active on social media, so I see all the tweets and all the mocks and where I could go. And, you know, you got to look. And, uh, but my mindset is that all the teams that um, I guess I can consider consider could be a chance to go to um, are special teams and are just a couple pieces away from being playoff contenders or championship contenders. A, you look at the Cleveland Browns, uh, a lot of people say, oh, the Cleveland Browns, this and that. Uh, but they were in a lot of games last year. I know they only won one game uh, last year, but they were in a lot of those games. Uh, the Giants were in a lot of those games, too. Uh, and they didn't have Odell. Um, that, the, uh, the Giants team is very special. You got Eli Manning, the proven quarterback uh, with two Super Bowl, two Super Bowl wins. Uh, Odell Beckham, the most electrifying player in the NFL. Uh, the tight end, Evan Ingram, he's he's amazing, and that wide receiver uh, core is amazing. And you know, you can go on and go on from Colts to to the Browns again to the Broncos and see how much talent is in all those teams. And you know, for me, the way I look at it is it's a blessing. Any team that decides to pick me is a blessing. Um, I'm gonna go there with my head low and ready to work and uh, to continue to compete and try to be a leader. Well, we have a lot of Hall of Famers here, and we have a couple of them on deck waiting to talk with you. It's a segment we like to call Players Only. So. We have another Hall of Fame running back in Terrell Davis and Kurt Warner that are After listening to that interview from Saquon Barkley, how can you not be a fan of this kid? How can you not look at him and say, oh my gosh, he's humble, man, he was humble. And that whole entire interview, you you can hear the humility in him and the respect for the game and the people who he's competing against. He brings out Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb may be somebody you've forgotten about. But if you're a football fan and you love college football at all, you haven't forgotten about Nick Chubb. He was the guy who burst onto the scene playing for the Georgia Bulldogs, and then he got hurt. Then he kind of went away from the scene, and then he had to share the spotlight with Sonny Michelle in his last year. But Nick Chubb is a bona fide dog. Like he could be the bona fide dog. And and not only is he that, but he's also somebody who's apparently gained the respect of Saquon Barkley and, and, and his peers around him. Saquon Barkley, to get back to him and to focus on him for just a second, is a very, very, very respectable, humble kid. Somebody who I am now cheering for. Now, we talked about this. I actually was on um, this thing. I was on a show called Track Stars. If you don't know what this whole thing is about, Track Star Sports generated started from this other thing called track stars and you can go check that out it's on periscope on twitter instagram it's everywhere track stars is everywhere if you look around there's a member of the universe neil the track stars is everywhere right so i was on the track star show earlier today and we were talking about music because that's what they do on that show and so they were talking about music and they were talking about artists and it said is there an artist, has it been artists who actually threw you off by their interview, right? Who you, they, you love their music, you love their art, but in their interview, they lost you, right? And we talked about people who can gain you from their interview. I'm going to say this. I liked Saquon Barkley before because I thought he was a terrific athlete. I liked Saquon Barkley before because I thought he was very, very fast for such a powerfully built individual. And I also thought that he could actually bring something from uh, um, as a pass catcher. He's a great pass catcher as well. And so I thought he can do all of that stuff. I fell in love with Saquon Barkley just now. 
listening to his interview made me feel like I am rooting for that kid. I'm behind that kid 3,000%. I am behind him, and I want to see where his future goes. If he goes to the Browns, guess what? I am now a Browns fan, and I want to see where the Browns go from here. If he goes to the Giants, guess what? I am, well, I was already with Odell, you feel me? But either way... (laughs) I was already down with Odell. But if he's there, I'm like, yo, the Giants can do miraculous things now. Wherever this kid kid goes, my interest will go there as well. I believe in this kid. I believe in this kid. And I believe that his future is bright. And I pray the absolute best for him. So, that's me. That's Rick Sincere with Trackstar Sports. If you listen to his interview, listen closely. Listen for the humility. Listen for the respect. And then, watch him. Go check out some YouTube videos, man. Go check it out. Dude's amazing, man. Dude's a beast. And I saw that already. I just didn't know what type of dude he really was. And now, listening to that, um, I, I pray he doesn't, you know, I pray this isn't just a front. I don't believe it is. I'm hoping for the absolute best for this kid. God bless.